From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Design Plug Disneyland Edition, episode 450, for the week of May 31st, 2015. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by my good friends Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Mulatto Willie, Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. Coming up on Tuesday, I continue my walk down Harbor Boulevard all the way to Catella. And we start a new series called The Best and Worst of. This week focusing on, what else? Food. Um, Because that's our go-to topic. Uh, But right now it's time for this week's news, roundtable rap, and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of The Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hey there, hi there, ho there. How was everyone's week? Better than mine? Gosh, I don't remember my week. Yeah, I know, right? It was a short work week, but it felt like five days. Yeah, exactly, exactly. My week's Uh, been a lot of fun. Good, I'm glad, I'm glad. Uh, I want to say hello to our friends in our chat room on Mixler. If you want to listen live to us every Sunday, go to Mixler.com, and we will have a link to that in our show notes page. We broadcast every Sunday at 8 p.m. Pacific. That said, the next two Sundays, we will not be broadcasting live at 8 p.m. Pacific. We will be back um, on the 21st uh, live. Next week is Coasting for Kids, and Mary Jo and I will be at um, Knott's Berry Farm riding coasters to raise money for Give Kids the World, which we'll talk about in a second. So we will not be able to do our live show in the evening. However... We're, I'm working on something to see if maybe Mary and Joe and I can go live in the middle of that in the middle of the day, and check in with you all on Mixler. So watch for that. Watch the Facebook page, um, www.facebook.com/disunplugdl, and we'll give you updates on that. And then the following Sunday, we uh, most of us are on the Diz Alaska cruise to uh, on the Royal Caribbean cruise on the Jewel of the Seas. So we will have shows up that that week but we we will not be live so just wanted to give you a heads up on that also if you haven't checked out the all the seven and seven plus disneyland edition coverage that came out last week you definitely want to check that out lots of great podcasts 13 different podcasts there's videos to go along with all of those podcasts there are new photo galleries of the parks and of the hotels. There are lots of great articles, including some great history pieces by Michael. So you just definitely want to check that out. I'll go ahead and put a link in the show notes page for that. Um, speaking of videos, there's some great videos going up on our YouTube channel besides the 7, seven and 7 podcasts. Uh, Craig did some great videos, uh, that I don't think we mentioned last week, of Disneyland Forever, uh, Paint the Night and World of Color Celebrate. Plus, he has a, a ride-through video of the Matterhorn with the new effects. And then there's also a few videos of interviews that I did with some people at the Disneyland Resort. One was uh, Jennifer McGill, who's the show producer for World of Color Celebrate. And another with David Duffy, who is a creative director of entertainment there at the Disneyland Resort. So... Lots of great stuff there on the YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash WDWinfo is where you're going to find all that. Um, any other housekeeping? I've got some. Go ahead, Mary Jo. You notice I said some. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly and I went to Disneyland on Tuesday, which happened to be grad night. And I'm she, sorry. Yeah, well, it actually turned out okay. There were a lot of people in... Although I've been reading that there's been a lot of rude teenagers, we didn't run into any of that. Okay, that's good to hear. Yeah, it was it was rather it was actually pretty good. So we basically went to see Paint the Night from the Main Street um, area because we wanted to see Disneyland Forever from the Main Street area to see how that went. Mm-hmm. Now I had one of the um, I decided to get one of the Disneyland wands, the magic right, wands, right? Which Kelly took immediately. Of course. And 
she spent she had so much fun fun changing people's uh <laughs> magic um they've got the mickey hats the headbands and the wands also right mm-hmm. and she would sit there and she was having so much fun. The crowd around us were watching to see whose hat she could. And they were pointing people out. There's one. Get that one. There's another one. Nice. So so she, uh, those are, as far as making things interactive and when you're mm-hmm. waiting and right. stuff, I think it's a pretty decent investment. Nice. I think they go for around $25 or so. But we had a lot of fun. Then during the parade, and, uh, okay, remember I said that when I, when the parade first started that I got, my body just got all shivery because I heard the intro and I, mm-hmm. I was so excited. She started crying when she heard the intro just because of the homage to, um, to the electrical, Main Street Electrical right, Parade. Right. And she, she was like me. She didn't listen to anything before she went. So she was really surprised. And there's a one part of the parade where the characters can change the wands that you have. And so Goofy changed her wand. Nice. So that was that was fun. She got a thrill out of that. The other characters weren't carrying their wands, so we were a little disappointed. So I don't know if it was because it was the end of the parade or what, but that's something I would, when City Hall does have a, a small line, I intend on going back and, and saying that that kind of interaction is really does make the parade even more of a highlight for the mm-hmm. for the watchers. But anyway, so we saw that. The Main Street, um, I'm so glad you told us about how they showed the orange groves. I paid more attention to it, mm-hmm. and it was wonderful. And then we went on some other rides, and then we ended up at Cafe Orleans and watched Fantasmic. So Kelly said, oh, Mom, nice. without even meaning to, you know, we saw, yeah, the parade, the fireworks, and Fantasmic all in one night, and it was wow. a grad night. It was, And it was so much fun. Now, we didn't have front and center. Mm-hmm. but we enjoyed it. So it <coughs> can cool. be done. You Very just need cool. to manage your expectations. Mm-hmm. And then another really quick one, I, um, a couple of our listeners, um, Denise and Teresa were out here, and Teresa right. was sharing some of her um, observations. And for a 12-year-old, she observes more than some of <laughs> adults I know do. And she was it's talking true. about how... Yeah, it, it was just I, I was I was like, tell me more, Teresa, tell me more, you know. So, um, she was telling me parts of the parade that I didn't even notice happened because I was so overwhelmed. So I'm right. really looking forward to going back. And she was talking about how apparently there's um, like spinners on some of the shoes on the performers, and even those are synced to the music and to the light to the. Um, mm-hmm. To the music and the lights. There's just and so much detail. I mean, I mean the same oh can be God. true is, is true of Sensational. There's lots of detail in that too, mm-hmm. but this is even more detail, I think. Right. And both of them, well, I won't say both of them, Therese, uh, excuse me, Denise liked this World of Color version more than the um, original. The which Lesser is, of Two Evils? Or? Well, no, she, she didn't <laughs> like the original. And okay. I've been reading on the Disboards, and for, I would say, the number of people of employees the number of people who said that they don't like this version as much as the as the original i'm reading that there's people who like this version more better than the original okay so it's really subjective so i'm so for those listeners who heard us saying that you know it didn't quite meet our expectations give it a give it a chance because there's a lot of listeners who have or a lot of people who are going out there and liking it more okay so that was just the feedback i wanted to give on on And I say that's always true on anything we critique. Everything's subjective, Mm -hmm. whether it's a restaurant, parade, you know, whatever. All right. Any other housekeeping? You know, um, one of the things I want to mention is if anybody looked at the Disney Parks blog this week, you know, we always have that debate about, you know, first timers coming here, especially Disney Worlders who are familiar with the monorail being just a method of transportation to get to the front of the Magic Kingdom Park and how our monorail weaves through the park. They did some really fun photographs. Um, Paul Hiv. Paul Hiffmeyer is the uh, Disneyland chief photographer, and he gets some amazing shots, but it gives you a real full idea of what, if you're a first-timer, what our monorail really does and how it goes around the Matterhorn and how you can see the other attractions, kind of like when the Matterhorn... Uh, kind of like when the monorail um, tours Epcot and you get that preview of the park. So just some, you know, things that 
we would always say, I think we've always said for your first time, if you really want that, I want to see the castle walk down Main Street, first time entering Disneyland experience. Perfect, you know, do that, but definitely make sure you enter at some point via the monorail, just so you can get that other feel that makes it a truly Disneyland experience. Very cool. Any other housekeeping? Um, Okay, here's my Coasting for Kids update for the week. If you are listening to this on Monday, it is probably too late to sign up. Deadline is uh, June 1st at noon Eastern. So, um, as of now, we have, deep breath, 72 Dizzers at 10 different Cedar Fair parks across the country. We added a new park. We added finally added somebody at King's Dominion. Wow. I'm getting cold chills just talking about it. 72 Dizzers. Uh, a few are, are virtual riders, which is fine. They're still raising great, great amounts of money. And speaking of great amounts of money, we are $150 shy of $15,000. Oh, wow. my gosh. That's great. So, okay, everybody, help us meet that fifteen thousand. Oh, we are going to blow past fifteen thousand. We are going to blow past fifteen thousand. I mean, we still have another five days, I think, of fundraising, and there's still some people who haven't raised their their minimum seventy five. So, every little I, bit, I, helps. I'm thinking seventeen, maybe. I don't know. Um, Dave up in up in Washington is is trying to get twenty five hundred dollars on himself and he's i think up to like 18 or 1900 dollars just himself so well, i've been following a, him on facebook and, yeah, and kudos to dave for all of his efforts yeah you know? um he's he's getting dunked he's getting a dunk tank and and letting mm-hmm. people letting <laughs> people dunk him how so awesome is he it, it's it's just a great cause um if you haven't yet head over to the coasting for kids page find a park near you find the Diz coaster palooza team and donate a few bucks to somebody who's who's riding coasters for the day on June 7th um, it's just a great cause and, and a fun event so I will leave it at that um, if you want to get a hold of us you can email us at dlpodcast at wwinfo.com and again anything links to anything we talk about including I'll put this the links to seven and seven are at www.disunplugged.com. Let's talk news. Um, let me let me start with Michael. We have a update about the Disneyland band. Yeah, we talked a while back about how the contracts for the Disneyland band were sort of mm-hmm. getting pulled and up for yeah. renew. Yeah. And, you know, we were being told that Disney wanted to make the band more upbeat, energetic, and livelier for the ongoing 60th anniversary celebration so that their contracts were all ending on July 16th, the day before the 60th anniversary. So what we're being told... Happy birthday! Yeah, really. Thanks for 59.99 wonderful years of service. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so, So what we're hearing now is that 14 of the 16 members of the Disneyland band have been reassigned as part of Disney's move to make the band upbeat, energetic, and livelier. So starting in mid-July, those 14 band members will remain in full-time positions and perform in smaller ensembles that will play throughout the resort. And many of those replaced have been part of the Disneyland band for 10 to 40 years. Wow. Yeah. So Melissa Britt, a Disneyland spokesperson, said all members of the Disneyland band still will be performing musicians at the park, either as part of the band or with the groups who perform around the park. This band has been a cornerstone of Disneyland since it opened in 1955, and the Disneyland band is known for wearing crisp white uniforms, marching up and down Main Street, USA, and playing circa 1900 tunes in front of, you know, all the visitors every day. And... So what Bob Sanders, who's the president of the Orange County Musicians Association, Local 7 of the American Federation of Musicians, says is that many of the 16 current band members are concerned that their job will not be there 16 months from now when the 60th anniversary celebration ends. And that job had enjoyed an open-ended tenure. And so this association represents the old band members and most of the new ones. And Sanders went on to say that when you think about it, it's kind of a slap in the face not to be in a Disneyland band for the 60th celebration. Morale in the band today is at an all-time low. 
So leading up to the Diamond Celebration, Disney has hired new musicians to expand live music in Disneyland. And a casting call described the new musical offerings for the revamped Disneyland band, which will grow to 18 strong as a high-energy, comedic, atmospheric experience that will involve exciting theatrical staging and movement. So the current band members, as I think we've said before, had to audition to be part of the new band, and two will join the new band members. And Sanders said, I have no doubt the new band is going to be great. They've hired great young musicians, but what they'll do will be different. Disney's losing the traditional band Walt imagined when he opened the park. It's still unclear, though, if Disney will revert to the old traditional band that plays old-time music or remain with the new livelier show after the 60th anniversary celebration ends. My only concern is the job security for those guys who were replaced, Sanders said. People take that job because it's secure. So if they are relocating the 14 members of the Disneyland band to the smaller groups, what happens to the people that are in those smaller groups now? Were they not full-time employees before? Or are they going to have more smaller groups or more or smaller groups more often? I had the impression these smaller groups were new. Okay. And we're going to so be we're performing not talking about the Fire, Firehouse 5 or the the any of those type of groups. Right. I had the impression they were they're going to have more of these like pop-up bands around okay. the park for now the that, 60th. I, mean, I would have no problem with that, but I mean, it's not uh, to me I, I was thinking it was they were going to throw them in that the the existing uh, the existing groups. I guess it's mm-hmm. kind of a wait and see till mid-July and do you think they'll keep do they wonder if they kept the the director i know that's going to be interesting because he's been with the band a long time yeah yeah. that's just what i was thinking too he's the face of the band exactly Mm -hmm. that would be like firing oscar yeah really or gunny oh let's not even go there (laughs) i did i saw him uh yesterday yeah did you watch flag retreat no, I was there the too park? late. I saw him in the park, and I, but I couldn't remember. I was like, wh- "What's his name?" And Ernie, I blanked Ernie, out. Right? Yeah. yeah, or Gunny. He would have. He would have yeah. answered to that too. Yeah, but. exactly, exactly. All right, thank you, Michael. Um, our other news story is kind of a little rumor that's going crazy all over the media, including big. Big time media. Tony, you have that, right? Yes, I do. Uh, Disney's decided they're just going to start being giving much more value to these hardworking uh, patrons <laughs> and they're going to just start lowering the prices on everything. Right. Yes, yeah, that's right. the opposite of what the rumor is. And this is from the Los Angeles Times and then it goes to other places and other Los Angeles television stations, everything. Demand pricing, supposedly, is a possibility. So... This is based on the idea that they're considering, and this would be in both park and both coasts, but they may be considering charging more for high demand days during the summer, the Christmas holiday, and spring break, and less for off-peak days. And this is based on a survey that the company had sent to park visitors, which none of us got for some reason. Um, in an hey, online survey... Well, wasn't, it, to annual- wasn't it sent to Disneyland, to Disney World? Because I first heard of it through people who got it via Disney World. Right, yeah. That's true. Yeah, so it says that um, they sought opinions on a pricing schedule for daily tickets to the company's resorts in Orlando and Anaheim. A three-tiered pricing system would mark daily tickets as gold, silver, and bronze. Gold tickets could be used every day of the year. Silver tickets could, according to the survey, silver tickets could be used every day except peak days and popular holiday weeks. And bronze admission passes could be used only on off-peak weekends. Under the scenario depicted in the survey, let's get in the space of the survey, one day one park admission prices for Disneyland would range from 115 for gold, 105 for silver, and 99 for bronze, which is what we're all at now. Uh, a one-day ticket to both Disneyland and California Adventure would range from 155 to 170. The online survey seems to be, according to the article, an attempt to ease crowding at the park by charging higher prices for peak demand days. So, my, I always throw my opinion in there. I'd be okay with this. If bronze was about $30 cheaper, then okay. But, I don't know. I, 
I understand I it. I saw a debate um, indicating that a lot of pass holders were definitely in favor of this. Even though it means really? that somebody's visit could, you know, somebody who was coming in from out of town could theoretically have two to three days of different pricing for each day on their stay in a, if they were doing a multi-day visit. So, well, okay. I don't know. I yeah. You'd think that multi-day tickets would kind of be a average of the three prices, I think. How would they how would they sell hoppers or sorry, sell multi-day tickets with this kind of crazy tiered schedule? That's a good That's question. a really good point. Well, because I'm, sometimes people buy those for, as Christmas gifts, right, to be used later during the year whenever they want. Right. I mean, but you but they you, could, you would ha- it, you would have to buy. Okay, I'm going to visit the park for these three days. Yes. What's my price? It's like a hotel. Which would be totally asinine. Yeah. 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 My issue with it too is, I know in Florida where buffets get more expensive during the peak times and right, so not right. only is that going to be more expensive and the hotel is going to be more expensive now the the admission is going to be more expensive mm-hmm. right and, and, the, and the way they ease. previously worked it was getting the admission you know you'd get your bulk price but then you get cheaper as as you added on more days so they could gain your dollar by r- roping you in for that cheaper price per day you know, like up to six dollars a day extra. So, how does that work here? Satanic? It doesn't. I just don't like it. What about Michael? Yeah. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of all the logistics that would go behind this. I mean, do you <laughs> buy your uh, do you buy your tickets in advance, and then it's only the people that purchase at the gate that are affected by this? That, that's what I'm trying to figure or, out. Or would you? Let's say okay. So let's say buy bronze. And then I realize, oh no, now it's a gold day. Do I pay the difference? Right. Yeah, I, I, I'm just trying to figure can out all the logistics. The li- can you imagine the lines at the at the turnstiles? I know because everybody's with people yes. with the wrong ticket. Well, maybe they're going to demand you know you purchase it for X day, and there is going to be no more buying it in advance just because. Yeah. You want to do that? Buy a gift card. Okay, now here's uh, my other question. Stock answered. Yeah. Why? Who's to say they're not going to say that every day is a gold day price if you show up the day of? Mm-hmm. You know, like the price at the door? Right. Because you know a lot of right. California, they just show up and then, okay, we're going to go today and buy it. And then, oh, well, it is a bronze day, sir. But since you're buying it on property, it's... It's gold. It's a gold price. Like, oh, I just don't like it at all. See, and until I heard, until I heard one of the news outlets report that Disneyland people got it, I hadn't really seen any Disneyland people talking about it. I'd only seen Walt Disney Worlders talking about it, and it makes more sense there when you're buying as a tourist going to that mainly eighty-five percent tourist location. But it doesn't but, seem like that. I don't know. It's like the Magic Band. Now, have we seen any other crazy questions like this on surveys that actually came to fruition? I mean, have, has anybody received a survey from Disney? I have, but it's been about food and entertainment. Okay. And it's never, things like that. But yeah. I, don't I receive that surveys all the time. Well, I don't know if it's a, based on this. This seems really specific. Yeah. Like, oh, would you be... But wi- it, also could, it could also be fishing. I know, which is, again, why we need to stop these darn surveys and those people in the park. Like, it seems like, like, I want to tell people, don't answer any questions. Because when you answer them, we're going to raise a price. Like, it's almost, they're they're the, kind of like the the spies that get us to pay more. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. Did you see Alexis's comment in the chat room? She said she saw that if three days were silver and two days were bronze, you would have to buy a silver five-day ticket. Yeah, Dina said a little higher up that she read it would be like the Universal Express Pass in that you would pay the price of the highest day in your whole trip for every day. So if one of your days, if you're going for five days, but only one day was a gold day, 
you would pay gold every day. That's just wacky. If when they're trying to discourage people from going, then they're going to be doing a really good job. Yeah. So I don't like it. That's the news. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. Let's head over to Rapid Fire. I will go first. Made a trip out to down to around to Magic Mountain yesterday. God, this weekend flew by. Uh, Magic Mountain yesterday. I was gonna all excited about going on Twisted Colossus. Yay! So get to the park, get in, um, use my use my annual pass, which was like super cheap. We got last year. Um, brought some friends with us. We were able to get them in for thirty five bucks a piece on Bring a Friend uh, special. And so we were going to go get the Flash Pass, which is their version of Fast Pass. You pay extra for. Um, and the come to find out, Twisted Matterhorn is. I'm um, Twisted Matterhorn, sorry. <laughs> Twisted, like, Col- Twisted Colossus is not included in Flash Pass. Um, so, and also, they've taken Superman off of the regular Flash Pass. What? So, in order to, to ride Twisted Colossus or Superman with the Flash Pass, you have to buy the, like, the Platinum level, which is $125 per person for the day. Um, the re- the regular standard flash pass is forty bucks, and that gets you most of the rides, which is which is cool. But it doesn't, like I said, doesn't include Superman, doesn't include Twisted Colossus, and none of them include X two, which I don't know why. That's a crazy ride that nobody should be riding anyway. Uh, so I was really disappointed. So we went over there, and this was we got into the park just right after opening. So it was maybe ten thirty, ten forty five. The line was already over two, two and a half hours long for oh Twisted Colossus. So needless to say, we did, yeah, and I'm um, sorry, and Dina in, in the chat room says full throttle isn't included in any of the, of the Flash Pass either. Um, so needless to say, we did not ride um, Twisted Colossus, but I finally rode Tatsu. Oh my God. Is that, that the one that spins? No, Tatsu is the one where you're flying. So you sit in the seat, and then right before they they send the roller coaster out, it tilts ninety degrees, so you're facing the ground. Ooh. Yes. So you're like your shoulders are up against the harness, and you're so you're flying through this roller coaster, and it's just creepy. This just you, the thought in your head is like, what if? Because it's not like you're sitting down where you could just hold on. You are against this against this support and if it gives way you're yeah no um it's a uh, dina says it's too rough on her body i, I didn't find it that I, I thought it was a really fun ride once you once you once you put the the danger factor out of your mind uh but we ended up going on like we were there for maybe seven hours rode eight rides had had lunch so i mean we got a full day out of it here's a tip for you at magic mountain Lots and lots of people love their capes. Um, it's DC Comics, so you have your Superman, your Batman, your Wonder Woman, your Flash, uh, Green Green Lantern, and they sell these capes. So everybody walking around the park wearing their capes. Uh, if you go to the gift shop, they are five fifty plus tax, six dollars total. Don't do that. This is my tip for you. Around the park, a couple different areas, they have carnival games. On the there's a couple of them that are the the kind where you're shooting uh, water, like into clown's mouth. But this isn't a clown's mouth. This is just the hole and and the a pole of light that you're trying to race. So five dollars plays the game. Everybody who plays gets a cape. Oh, how fun! Um, and if you win, you get your choice of a cape or a baseball cap. So f- I I got a baseball cap for five bucks. Wes got a Wes got a cape, and and our friends got capes. So, I mean, and it's it's just a five dollar cool souvenir of your of your time at at Magic Mountain. You get to walk around pitching your Batman or Superman or something like that. So it was kind of fun. We um we didn't get oh I lost my I lost my hat. Which, was, which sucks. Really? I know. No, I yeah. lost my hat when I was eight years old on the jet stream at Magic Mountain. 
This was this was on Apocalypse. And now they're together at last. Yes, they are. They yes. So, um. Anyway, so that that's my tip for Magic Mountain and my observation about Flash Pass. Uh, Mary Jo, rapid fire. Well, back in uh, the. the 50th anniversary. Back remember in the they 50s, came? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> back in the 50s, way back when. Uh, remember they had those plates that represented the different crowns on the castle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, now they have for this anniversary they have different type of decade represented merchandise, and I think this is really cool. They have merchandise that's going to be on plates, cups or mugs rather, uh, clothing, etc., and it's going to be the different decades through the years. If that makes any sense. And the first one, 1955 to 1964, that's already come out. And it represents the, um, the mermaids that were in the, in the submarine ride, Skull Rock, the Matterhorn, Tiki Room, etc. And then they have some new ones that are going to be coming out. So every couple of months, they're going to come out with a different theme. So 1965 to 1974, it's going to be, it's a small world. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, the Country Bear Jamboree, and then for the 1975 to 1984, they're showing the train, um, probably Big Thunder Mountain, and Pinocchio, and they also have the American flag, and I was like, why the heck would they show the American flag? Well, that's when they celebrated the Bicentennial, which was really big at Disneyland. Mm -hmm. 1985 through 1994, they've got Star Tours, um, Fantasmic, and some other um, attractions that open up then 1995 to 2004 you've got um, California Adventures represented the Sorcerer's Hat is represented and then 19 I'm sorry then uh, 2005 on up it's going to be Cars Land Buzz Lightyear Carthay Circle uh, Finding Nemo etc so the artwork that they're doing is so cool so I don't I can't decide whether I want to get the dishes that are going to be matching or t-shirts or maybe all of them. But they're going to be selling them at the Disney showcase at the Disneyland park off the page um, in California adventure and the world of Disney in downtown Disney. They're also going to be having pins that represent these motifs and it'll be at the little green men's store command in Disneyland park. Julius Katz and Sons at the California Adventure Park. Did you and say Katz Dis- and Sons? Yeah, Katz. I'm sorry. Julius Katz and Sons <laughs> <laughs> at the California Adventure Park and the Disney Pin Traders in downtown Disney. Where's the Julius Katz and Sons? It's on right Buena there. Vista Street. Yeah. yeah. Okay. On the okay. right. Because I know where the one, I know where the cart is, but I had to laugh when Disney showcased that I'll never go into that store again without thinking of Michael. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's where we were. There was a line to go in on the 24 hour oh, right, party, right, right, and right. I was showing him different merchandise. And he was like, yeah. Yes, that, no, this, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. That was But funny. anyway, it was. But, but I'm really looking forward to um, beautiful uh, artwork on this merchandise. Oh, and I hear. Go ahead, Michael. Oh, no, no. I was going to say something to Tony. Tony, you know, we talked last week about we wish they had the polo shirts Mm -hmm. with the 60th anniversary logo. They do. Nice. They came out during the week. They're blue, though, rather than black. Are they? But otherwise, it has that D60 logo. They're dark blue. Are they more of a good? Yeah. Okay, cool. I think I might have to get one. But it, it looks like it's a dark but, like, weathered looking. Okay. Yeah, it was hard to tell in the photo, but I I think you're right. Yeah. Yes, for the discerning gentleman. Yes, Yes, that's right. (laughs) Go ahead, Mary Jo. Speaking of artwork um, at the Disneyland Resort, I just wanted to uh, comment that Dave Avanzino is going to be there again um, in June. He just can't stay away. Well, and should he? He's got some absolutely gorgeous Mm -hmm. artwork. But June 13th and 14th, Dave is going to be there with some new items um, at the... Disney Gallery. Okay. And then Disney Anna. Yeah, Yeah, Disney Anna shop over there. Very cool. Look forward to it. Mm -hmm. And he's working on some stuff for the expo that we're all excited about. Yes. Exclusive stuff. Mm. All right. Uh, Michael. Hey, well, there's a lot going on at the Walt Disney Family Museum in June. So when you come out to celebrate Disneyland's 60th anniversary, pop on up to Northern California and celebrate Walt. 
at the museum in his honor. The fi- there are two films of the month. So you get double goodness there. Alice in Wonderland, you can get Lost in Wonderland with Alice daily in June, except Tuesdays, because the museum is closed, at 11 a.m. and 1.30 p.m. And then you can venture into the depths of the ocean for Walt Disney's first major science fiction film, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Sea, Daily in June, except Tuesdays, at 4 p.m. The films are free for members or with museum admission. Without museum admission, each film is $7 um, or $5 for youth. The Spotlight Talk in, is in the main lobby this month. It's Walt's honorary degrees that were presented to him by some of the most prestigious universities in the country. These are every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in June, 11 a.m., 1 p.m., and 3 p.m. This is also free for members or with paid admission. The Open Studios the, are both... Um, Theme to theme parks. The Little Open Studio is a place where little ones and their caregivers can create artwork inspired by what's going on at the museum. And in June, they can create a place where anything is possible. They can contribute to a collaborative 3D model of an imaginary land where adventure abounds. Now, due to the Walt Disney Family Museum summer camp schedule, Little Open Studios on June 15th, 22nd, and 29th will not be held. But these are every Saturday and Monday in June in the Learning Center. So check their calendar for any exceptions. And that's 10 a.m. to noon. For the older gang, it's the Open Studio is theme park design. And you can design a theme park model using everyday materials and be inspired by Disneyland plans to create wild rides, exciting attraction, and exotic lands. This is every Saturday and Sunday in June in the Learning Center from 1 to 4 p.m. All the open studios are free for members or with paid admission. And I'm mentioning what's free because there's a lot of stuff free when you go. But I know a lot of families want to go, but they have younger children. They feel will get bored in a museum. If there's like a couple of adults or maybe an adult with an, maybe a teenager, you can, and you have a younger child, you can, one of you can, you can take turns going into the galleries and then, t- and the other one can, t- other older person can, Go with the younger child to some of these um, freebies that the younger one would get interested in. You can, the older people can just take turns going with the younger one to some of these attractions, and everybody gets to enjoy something at the museum. The talk this month is by James Lopez uh, on the making of Hullabaloo. Um, James Lopez is a veteran Disney animator and creator, and he talks about the fantastical, fantastical steampunk world of Hullabaloo. And it's not that, that, um, TV show in the sixties and the new creative techniques that were used to bring the characters and their surroundings to life. Now, this project was funded by fans on Indiegogo as an effort to continue the art of 2D animation. So this is an animated film that features strong female characters in leading roles. And if you Google it, you'll come up with their website. And they have a Facebook page as well. And this is Saturday, June 13th at 1 p.m. in the theater. And finally, um, summer camp begins in at the museum. It's And they call it Artimation. And it, mm. you discover the exciting worlds of art and animation. Each day brings new adventure with painting, sculpting, and creating animated tales. The camp culminates in a gallery-style showcasing of projects to family and friends. Participants will take home a portfolio and a DVD compilation to cherish the experiences happily ever after. This is for ages 8 to 10. There's three week-long sessions of the Artimation Summer Camps. Session one is Monday through Friday, June 15th to 19th. Session two is June 22nd to the 26th. And session three is June 29th to July 3rd. They all run 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. I've known a number of people have sent their children to these, and they have nothing but positive things to say about summer camp at the museum. So anyway, and that's it. That's what's going on at the museum in June. I will see you there. Very cool. Thank you, Michael. Uh, When you're not in Alaska, of course, right? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nancy. Okay. So I, I actually had a really tiny quick one, which is one I couldn't find before we got on the air. But I found it just to, for you Disney Infinity fans that want to bring the Disneyland Diamond Celebration home to your house and your 
raring to go. Disneyland, um, Disney Infinity just released the Disneyland toy box. So you too can play in Disneyland. And this is a, um, a community created, uh, environment toy box and it contains Main Street USA, Fantasyland with Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Peter Pan, Pinocchio, Small World, Snow White, Scary Adventure, and the Matterhorn Bobsleds. Adventureland, on Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, Big Thunder, Splash, Mountain Jungle Cruise, Indiana Jones, Tomorrowland has Buzz Lightyear, Astro Blasters, Star Tours, Space Mountain, Utopia, Finding Nemo Submarine Voyage. So you can download that just when you boot up your game, go into Toy Boxes and, and select that one. So that's real quick. But the one that is near and dear to our heart, <laughs> this rapid fire, is an, an, an amazingly not detailed um, announcement about new chocolate boxes that are coming Yum. to... Um, the Disneyland Resort to the Blue Bayou, the Carthay Circle, and Steakhouse 55. You will have the ability um, with your meal to purchase um, truffle boxes. And you, um, oh, and it's updated that guests without dining reservations are now able to buy this. This wasn't the case a few days ago. They didn't announce that. So this is a big update. So anybody can go to these locations and buy these truffle boxes, and they're beautifully themed Disneyland 60 blue boxes. So not only will Tiffany's be the, the pretty blue box to bring home to your family member, um, but the blue Bayou's truffle flavors are creme brulee, creme brown sugar, and vanilla, bananas foster, which is banana, vanilla, ice cream, brown sugar, cinnamon, dark rum, and banana liqueur flavors, king cake, which is a confectioner, sugar, and lemon juice, and mint julep, sugar, lime juice, lemon juice, and creme de menthe. Um, the Carthay Circle Restaurant truffle flavors are the Carthay Manhattan, Tom's Yum. favorite, American Whiskey, mm. Sweet Vermouth, Angostura, bit or, yeah, Angostura Bitters, and Luxardo Maraschino Cherries. The Brown Derby, which is bourbon, fresh grapefruit juice, and honey. My second beef- favorite. The B-52 coffee, Grand Marnier, Kahlua, Irish cream, coffee, and whipped cream flavors. Um, and the hazel- And the hazelnut tiramisu, which is classic tiramisu with hazelnut. That one's now, for my life, too. The, uh, steakhouse I, get, fi- I get the other two. Yep. The Steakhouse 55 truffle flavors are the Cosmopolitan, vodka, triple sec, cranberry juice, and lime. Kahlua, coffee, brown sugar, and vanilla. The 24-layer chocolate cake. Milk chocolate, hazelnut, and a hint of vanilla. And the Primitivo, raspberry, blackberry, cherry, plums, and raisin. Now, there's a kicker. For Carthay Circle Restaurant and Steakhouse 55, the guests that um, purchase these must be 21 years of age due to the alcohol content by volume in the truffles. Now, can you take them outside the park, or do you have to have them? Well, they're, you you know. Enjoy them there. They make a comment about bringing them home in the uh, mm-hmm. in the right. the posted article. So I'm assuming, but yes, apparently there is no pricing, so don't ask us. I'm sure. Th- I'm gonna bet and say there are at least twenty, 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah, that's what the that's what my bet is gonna be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I what think do you I think? For twenty five. Twenty five. Okay. Okay, yeah. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I wonder if you can As get a... As Wendy in the chat room says, shut up and take my money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So anyway, but that is the um, the update, and thank you for letting me have two of them. <laughs> okay, cool. And, and well, get and me I two had boxes. Intended, I, had a, I had intended to use that one. I totally forgot about it, so thank you for doing that. Uh, Tony. Okay, kids and parents, <laughs> there's something new at garden walk and it's called before i'm just letting everybody know don't go to the website because it's an automatic video with little kids so when i tell you that anybody who's all recording or live just know that you're going to automatically get a video if you're at work listening to this billy b's usa is now open at garden walk and i'm still trying to figure out exactly what it is but i'm going to tell you what i got so far well, maybe if you played that video, it'll You're play. right. I mean, I could. I could play the video. It's a little kid, and I still can't figure out the age group, but
but it looks like a huge indoor playground. So there's I don't see video games or things like that, but what they do have is they have a big, huge rainbow wave slide. They've got um, a play arena. It says uh, Billy's Rainforest, journey to Billy's Rainforest for a one-of-a-kind adventure. Their 26,000-square-foot play arena is home of wildly twisting slides, a one-of-a-kind ball blaster arena where, like, you're shooting Nerf balls at each other. A one-of-a-kind ball blaster – oh, bouncy trampolines. So in the video, they show these huge trampolines where people get to jump and do all that Intricate obstacle courses and so much more. This unique indoor playground offers safe, hands-on fun for the whole family. And then they also have a sports court. Join your friends for a game or practice your scoring skills on our AstroTurf sports court. The child-sized space features soccer nets and basketball hoops for hours of endless fun. Billy Bees promotes the importance of good sportsmanship, kids. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought of. Um there's four of them in the in the U.S. and three of them are in New York, Syracuse, Bronx, and West Nyack. Uh, um, and this one just opened in Anaheim at 17,300 square foot, jungle-themed arena for kids of all ages. They say that. I'm curious to see if it is. I almost kind of want to go in, but I'm a, a single dude that looks kind of creepy. But I want to just check it out for the podcast to see. Um, you can have birthday parties. This and stuff sounds like there. something my children could do. Yes, they they yeah. it, it it does. But then I see the ball blasting. Do you want to borrow that? And, and then I see the ball blasting and the um the trampolines, and I think okay, maybe it's fun for older kids too. And they're advertising right, it for right. that. They're special. It's open Monday through Thursday from eleven to eight. Friday eleven to nine thirty. Saturday, 10 to 9.30, Sundays, 11 to 7. And because it's just open, they're offering discounts, about $5 off a kid. Children, 5 to 17, are $14.95. Toddlers, 0 to 4, are basically 10 bucks. Adults are free with a paid child for now. And then a second adult will be $6.95. Ooh, a child 10-pack. Okay. Or a toddler 10-pack. They have those. Add Honeycomb Village access I don't know what that is, but that sounds exciting. Socks are required. It sounds way more exciting than ball blasting. Yes. I, I'm Honeycomb sure, Village I'm, is probably this little kid area. That's, yeah. And so they have a smaller area for little kids. Okay, so, but they do have some stuff, like trampolines. I could jump on the trampoline. So, um, if any of our listeners, <laughs> yeah. well, no, I'm saying it doesn't look, the ad has little kids in it, but this looks like, like my 14-year-old son would go and jump on trampolines and um, blast balls at other people. Like so, um, I, I kind of would like like to tour it and see. I wish they gave me a little bit more information. But if any of our listeners go, let us know about it because I'm interested to yeah, see please. if it's good. And I'm thinking, especially if you have kids um, your age for now, with what we know, and you need. Yes, they enjoy Disneyland, but they're also exhausted and might want to run and want a day where they can run out and go crazy and get some energy out. This might be an opportunity for them mm-hmm. to do that. I don't know. So it's kind of a kind of a day six, May, possibly. Day, day, yeah, day zero. But it just—I oh, remember that they were building it because I was looking for rapid fires once, and uh, it's open. So if anybody goes, let us know. Yeah. Um. Just so, awesome. just to add to Tony's thing, um, I found an article that says all equipment can hold adults. So, for instance, you you can take your two year old down the rainbow slide on your lap, and um. Like I said, there's a smaller um, smaller play area for little ones. Um, little kids can go on the big stuff as long as their parents are done with. This foam ball thing, it's very similar to, I think, what they have at Legoland. Because you can shoot balls at, at people in one of the areas at Legoland, too. And I've seen it at some of the other play areas in uh, town. There's one up in Santa Anita that um, I'm not sure the name of the chain, but they use the same kind of technology. With the uh, vacuum tubes on the floor, on the floor that suck up the balls from the bottom of the pit and stuff, so you don't have to like run them all back up to the top. So yeah, cool. it looks like it looks like fun. It definitely looks like something my kids are the prime age for. But it, it says up to seventeen gets a kid's prize. So awesome! Thank you, Tony, Nancy. Um... One thing we hadn't talked about that I heard on the radio today advertisement for is the Fast and the Furious ride, quote, unquote, at Universal Studios Hollywood. Um, I, I heard an opening date of June 25th for that. 
So um, hopefully we can get down there and take a look at that when that opens. But what was wacky was that they they called it a ride when it isn't. It's actually part of the tram tour. So oh, interesting because I've seen the commercials and I was getting kind of excited, but. Interesting. It's, it's the it's the it's finale part of, of the, the tram, tram tour. tour. Mm. Yeah, I don't like that. That doesn't count. Right. Well, that's kind of like saying that they have a new theme park called Harry Potter. You know, when they were advertising it in Orlando, that it was a brand new theme park, and it wasn't. It was just a land in the existing theme park. So, anyway, all right. Anything else, guys? No. Good. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, by the yeah, way, the chat minutes. room yeah. the chat room wants you to buy a whole bunch of those boxes of truffles and give them away as prizes. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Okay, cool. All right. I, I, would, I think would, we should uh, try them it would, first, It would though. probably have to be the Blue Bayou one since it doesn't have alcohol in it. But. And uh, somebody read the entire Magic Band article um, that Tony mm-hmm. suggested and said it was an amazing look and they highly recommended reading Oh, thank you. Yes. There you go. I'm trying to promote that was literacy... M. Yes, literacy <laughs> in our podcast. I mean, I know we're all listeners and audio <laughs> learners because of, and I, I'm impressed that he finished it or she. M. I don't know what the M stands for. I don't. I don't mean to. I'm pretty sure it's a he. Okay. Yeah. So it was a really long and it's a really in depth. Again, I'm going to promote it again because it's <laughs> one person listen to me. It's that inside oh. stuff that us Disney fans like, but it's also, but it's not. A Disney bias, either for or against. It's kind of more about like an objective third party. So it was really interesting. Very cool. All right, thank you, folks. That is going to do it for this segment of the Design Plug. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week, and of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>